Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello and welcome to Centuries of Sound on Cambridge 105 Radio. This is the show where we take a deep dive into the older history of recorded sound. Well, that's what we usually do. Today we've got a, a bit of a different thing. We're going to have a look at the oldest sounds that we can hear. So later on in the show, I'll be speaking to Simon O'Dwyer from Ancient Music Island about his reconstructions of Bronze Age instruments. But first, let's head to some ancient civilizations of the Near East. My first choice is a reconstruction of an ancient Egyptian love song by Peter Pringle. The words here are taken from a papyrus scroll from around 1500 BC, and the instrument is a reconstruction of a 22-string arched harp made of cedar and animal skin. The melody is Peter's own invention, as the ancient Egyptians have left us with no written notation. Bedeshbehans 
that was Peter Pringle with a reconstruction of an ancient Egyptian love song. An example of musical notation that we do perhaps have from the ancient world is the original transcription of the Torah, which includes a series of accents which have been the subject of a great deal of debate. Susanna Hike Ventura has proposed that these accents are in fact symbols representing musical tones. So here, performed by a choir, is the melody of Psalm 19 from around 2000 BC. was a reconstruction of uh, the 3,000 year old melody of uh, Psalm 19. When I was researching this ancient music, one name I kept coming across was Michael Levy, who plays a reconstruction of the ancient lyre and puts together interpretations of the earliest musical notation. The first real body of notation we have is from the ancient Greeks, so here's an example of some of Michael's reconstructions of their music.
That was Michael Levy with a reconstruction of some ancient Greek music. Now let's shift our attention across to Ireland. We're going to hear a fair amount about these instruments in a moment, but just to get a flavour of it, here's John Kenny playing a replica of an Iron Age Celtic horn used in warfare. Simon O'Dwyer and I'm co-founder along with Maria O'Dwyer of ancientmusicireland.com. We specialize in examining, exploring, uh, reproducing and playing reproductions of ancient and prehistoric musical instruments, mainly from Ireland and Britain. The first part of that, the kind of archaeological side of that, how do you go about...? Uh, well, uh, the instruments, we look at the ones, they're in uh, various museums okay. around around Ireland and Britain. And uh, we'll go in and we'll, we'll get permission to examine an instrument in detail and weigh it and work out what it's made of and how it was made. And then we'll go ahead and see, can we make a reproduction as accurately as possible to the original and then we explore its uh, musical possibilities and see what we can learn from it. And then we publish the results. And um, as far as working that out, it's, it's to do with your knowledge of um, the, the techniques they had available at the different stages of history, is that right? Well, there you can get great insight because uh, if you can work out 
what place the instrument fulfilled in its own time, then you can get a picture, an audio picture, of what may have been going on at that time. You can never get the story, but you can get hints of it, you know. And it's a very interesting way of doing it because music archaeology is it's the newest of the archaeological disciplines. It's the most recently explored. And yet it's a really important one because music plays such a huge part in humanity. Mm. Every instrument, I imagine, has you have to think about how the person was using it at the time as well. Is that right? Yeah, how, what, what they were playing. Well, you never know what exactly what they were playing, but mm. you can work out how they played them. And sounds that they make can give you hints as to what situations they played them in. And there, if you look at the uh, ancient instruments, there's a whole variety of things that they were used for. You know, I mean, you could have ceremony, you could have political situations, royal situations, war, healing, you know, they're okay. all uh, hunting, they're all in there. It's the earliest one you have um, a, a kind of pipe, a kind of flute, is that right? The earliest uh, Irish instrument well, from Ireland is a, a set of six uh, wooden pipes. Okay. And they're meant they're, to be played together, or the same, or yeah. one by one. They're tuned pipes, ah, okay. so and they play a scale. So essentially, something like uh, pan pipes, that kind of thing. Um, well, a pan pipe, you blow across the top of the pipe. Okay. To but, create your music, whereas these ones you blow into a fiddle. Each pipe is tuned to one note. It's like an organ, except that they're much, much, much older. They're four thousand one hundred and fifty years old. So let's hear Simon playing these fipple pipes. The way it worked was that you had people bringing technology into Ireland and, it, and the people who brought the, the metal were the beaker people uh, but they didn't uh, populate Ireland as such they oh. came and brought the technology to the people who were already here right, right. Uh, so if you want to if you want to trace the, the, the origin of people in Ireland you, you go back to about 10,000 years ago when the, the first when our ancestors came in at the end of the ice age but there's recent evidence of people being in Ireland up as much as 33,000 years ago. Yeah, they found bones with uh, knife marks on them, and uh, an archaeologist in County Clare, and she was able to have them dated at 33,000 years. So they would have been living on the ice during the Ice Age. Yeah, we've no instruments from then, but there are instruments in Europe from that time. I think some uh, bone flutes I've seen. Flutes and whistles, yeah. Okay. From about, well, 40,000 years ago in, in Germany and 35,000 years ago in France. And there's a, there's a conch, a seashell trumpet 
from France, which is 17,000 years old. And I'm sure you heard there the last few days they've been talking about uh, whistles from uh, North Israel, which are 12,000 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've, they've only just been discovered. So they're trying to uh, understand how they work. So let's hear an example of an ancient bone flute. This is Lubin Dimorowski. This is a Neanderthal bone flute. I suppose from an archaeological point of view, things like, um, you know, stringed instruments or drums would be less, less recognisable, less easily found than flutes which are carved. Do you think that's why these are the earliest ones we're finding? It could be, but you know, I mean, they had bows and arrows and mm -hmm. a bow and arrow, a bow with a string on it is the origin of all stringed instruments. All oh, right. And if you have a bow and a stick and you just tap the string with the stick, that's the that's a bow harp. That's the origin of all stringed instruments. Yeah, and they still play those in Africa. Now, they, yeah. we don't know how far back they go. They could go back even further. I've been checking out a few things. There's a, a guy called Michael Levy. He's uh, been reconstructing ancient lyres. Um, I, I, yes, I know. I saw. I, I met him in, at a conference in Berlin, in oh, uh, right. Germany. He, he, he's he was concentrating on the Mesopotamian, the Ur that's lyre. That's right, yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. The one with the golden head on it. Mm -hmm. The and lion's it, head, I think, on it. And it has a very different tuning to uh, 
modern modern liars, medieval yes. liars. I don't think there's yes. such thing as a modern liar, is there? Um, yeah. Well, that's about four and a half thousand years old. That one. I have a pair of silver pipes from the same time from Ur, uh, mouth pipes played with reeds. You know, like the origins of say uh, bagpipes. So those would have been played together, possibly? I guess there's no well, interest in there, really, is there? They both come from Ur at the same time, so it is quite likely they were played together. Yeah. It does seem likely, yeah. Um, yeah, but stringed instruments in Europe, the oldest stringed instrument, uh, actual bit of a stringed instrument in Europe, is from Scotland. Really? Yeah, when, it's when called the Sky that? Bridge. It's the bridge of a liar. Okay. And it was found on a, in a cave in, in a place called High Pastures in the Isle of Skye. 10 years ago. Yeah, that's 500 BC. Ah, how far do you think we can go to reconstructing the, the music that was played on these? What kind of ways can we do that? I think was um, <laughs> the earliest notated sounds I've, I've, I've seen is this uh, hurry and hymn on this, on this lyre. They have a, a tablet from, um, I think, uh, 1,300. Turkey. Uh, um, hurry where, where are they? Yeah, I think that's modern day Turkey. It's that, that that's right, of the yeah. world. Um, yeah, I know about that piece of music, yeah. So let's hear the Hurrian hymn as played by Michael Levy on a reconstructed ancient lyre. <laughs>
notes are, are put together, we can get an idea about the tuning, and then that can give an idea about the kind of the kind of natural harmonies and kind of natural songs that could be could be made from it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but of course the the the, the Wicklow pipes, which yeah. are the, the the six wooden pipes from County Wicklow that are four thousand one hundred and fifty years old, they're complete, and each pipe has its own note. Okay. So. We make an, we have an exact reproduction which was made in, in uh, England actually by by Peter Holmes, and but we put uh, the originals. They, they don't have any tone generator on the pipes. The tone generators weren't were missing or gone or corroded or rotten, gone. Mm. You know, but each pipe has a socket on the end of it, right? So there's something fitted onto it. So we know that there was some type of tone generator, like a fipple that you'd find on a whistle, you know, or an organ pipe, okay. went on to them. So therefore we know, and we got fipples made uh, by a low whistle maker in County Clare, but they're modern. We designed them specially to bring out the very best note out of each of the pipes that we have. Okay. Uh, so it's sort of a combination of the original uh, dimensions of the pipes made from new wood, the same wood as the originals, and these ultra-modern plastic fipples, which are, um, they're made, uh, they're printed. They're designed in a computer and they're printed. Mm -hmm. But those six pipes give us the scale of uh, the early Bronze Age, a scale, mm -hmm. an accurate scale. And I can play modern tunes on them. And uh, how does it compare to the, the scale we would have now on a similar instrument? Is it similar or is it quite different? The only difference is that uh, there's seven notes in the octave in the scale rather than eight today. The F is missing. And interestingly enough, the A, uh, today A is 440 hertz. Mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's, uh, that's its tuning. Uh, the tuning on the, on the A in the fiddle pipes is 439. Okay. So, so it's pretty much the same. Okay, very similar. That's interesting. Yeah. Does that does that mean that there's some this is an underlying structure which is is there in nature or does that mean or, or there in our heads at least or does that mean that it's um mm -hmm. something that's just been passed down for thousands of years? So yeah, well that's the question. You see the the yeah. fact that these fiddle pipes they're they're really complex. They were drilled out, you know, using a, a drill and for four over 4000 years ago, that's pretty good, you know, and they're very accurate. And they can't have just been invented at that time. They must have been part of a long tradition which was already in existence when they were when they were being made, you know, because they're complex. Yeah. So therefore it could have been involvement or it could have been that the natural sounds that we like to hear, which were really only written down for the first time scientifically by the Greeks, mm. you know, fourth, fifth century BC. They wrote down, uh, they wrote them down, but the Irish had them already nailed in, in, in the tuning of the pipes 1500 years earlier. Mm. It's um, when, when we look at that, that, there's, a, there's that gap between the Greeks and uh, the Gregorian chants, maybe of uh, mm -hmm. uh, nearly a thousand years of uh, of no, <laughs> no, nothing written down in terms of music. So it's 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 interesting that you know those kind of things were passed down generation by generation. It's the only way, really, that that could be done. I think. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like the Irish traditional music today. It's still passed on from player to player. Mm. Even though it's written down now, but it wasn't for a long, long time. It was player to player would pass down the tunes, you know. Because um, when I when I look at the early early recordings, um, g- going back to the uh, Victorian times, uh, there's a, a change when people are able to listen to music on on record. The the way that everything stops being so individual and local, and people start imitating other things that they're hearing on records. You you can really feel that happening year by year mm. around uh, early 1900s about maybe around 1910 you can hear yeah that that's a great point that happened in the tradition because a lot of irish musicians uh, at the beginning of the 20th century went to america and in america they were able to they had recording facilities available to them there and they made 78s and wax cylinders and and you know because of that the tradition at that time was frozen in in recordings Whereas if you come to Ireland now, even today, you go around Ireland and you go into a pub in Galway and there's six musicians there, local musicians, and they're playing tunes in a particular style. And then you go up to Sligo and they're playing them in a different style or up to Donegal or down to Kerry or across to the east. Wherever you go, you, you, you might hear the same tune being played, but it's in the local style, the local way. And then you can get like a group of musicians from around the country sitting together and they'll be sharing styles with each other hmm. so it's uh, it's alive it's a living thing isn't it uh, very much so yeah. yeah um let's talk about the the bronze age uh, we didn't talk mm-hmm. about those yet so uh, many of the instruments that i can see um see you working with are, are bronze age instruments does that mean they're they're made of bronze uh, as well yeah Is that right they're made of cast bronze. Right, okay. They're cast instruments, yeah. So how far do those date back, do we think? The oldest ones, as far as we know, possibly somewhere around 1200 BC. It could be a bit earlier, but we think it's around, and, and it goes ahead up to about 700 BC. So that's the, the, the late Bronze Age. It's an interesting step to take because it must have been a huge amount of, um, of effort and trouble to be making those instruments at the time. Ah, uh, yes. So, Make, making yeah. the first one. Who, who put together the first one? That must have been quite an innovator. Um, yeah, well, it would have been a pair. Right, okay. They come, in, they come in pairs. And this is the latest research we're doing at the moment we, because they are derived from cattle horns. Right, yeah. okay, I mean, that's, a, that's a step, natural step. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, but they are, a pair are, are not the same. The two instruments are not the same. One of them is played inside side blown and the other is played at the end with an extension piece onto it so one of them is essentially because it's conical along its full length is a horn where the other one because it has a cylindrical aspect added on is a trumpet but they are a pair and it's only recently that the that the proposition has been put put forward that uh, they might represent male and female Oh. So the horn, the side blow horn is female and the end blown trumpet is male. Okay. And if you look at a reason for that, um, in, in pre-Christian Ireland, the, the, the two main deities uh, of the time were the sun god, who was male, and the earth goddess, who was female. Mm-hmm. And they were brought together uh, for the inauguration of a king 
the king would represent the sun god and and then he would be brought together with the earth with the world who was the female the earth goddess and we know that horns and trumpets were played for the inauguration of kings for of royalty so so the the possibility is that 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 the horns and trumpets were played to represent the voices of the god and the goddess which is why they're male and female and also that might explain it it might explain why there were so much effort went into making them because they were they involved the the cutting edge of bronze casting technology in the world at mm. the time and they were so good that we still can't match how good those makers were really? you were trying to catch up with them and the other thing is that they are we believe that they are designed almost definitely to allow for the playing of tone alteration and uh, instrumental overtone. Okay. Now, if when you play instrumental overtone on them, it gives them a, the sound a really ethereal quality, a really otherworld quality. So we believe that that they were played to be the voices of the god and the goddess okay. at ceremony. We think that was their primary function. But also we think that they were played in other situations. They would have accompanied other instruments at the time because the, particularly the big ones from the south of Ireland, the big, the big drones, the deep drones, they make them a wonderful accompaniment to the Irish tradition, to the Irish melody tradition. You know, like the way the drone on Illan pipes accompanies the tune on the chanter. Let's have a listen to the awe-inspiring sound of these two Iron Age horns being played together.
there, there must not have been many of these if it, if it was so so difficult to make them in such a, a high yeah yeah well there are there are over a hundred in Ireland so I wow okay and that and that's forty percent of the entire world population of metal wind instruments from the Bronze Age 40%. actually from huh. from antiquity and there's a couple from Britain. So you have one from in Scotland and you have one which is lost from Sussex. That's in the Bronze Age. Mm. But, you know, and that would make you think that, oh, that must have been thousands of them at the time. But we don't think so. We think that, that there might have been a pair made specifically to celebrate the inauguration of a king. So that would, they would have been made for one of the kingdoms. But, of course, Ireland and Britain were divided up into lots of small kingdoms. One thing we haven't really talked about is drums. Have there been kind of drums found around the same time, or is that something that um, has a different function, perhaps? No. We have no evidence. Uh, there's no actual drums surviving. Okay. The oldest, the oldest drums, uh, the oldest images of drums are go back to the middle of the 19th century. And there are a couple of uh, square frame drums in the National Museum in Dublin, which I think are uh, 18th century. Other than that, no. Oh. But what's interesting about the drum is that, that the Irish drum, which you know we call the Bowron, oh. is, a, is a frame drum. So it's very simple. It's just a frame with the skin on one side. But what's interesting about it is that you, we play it sideways. And we, uh, we, you can either play it with the back of the hand, swinging the hand with, the, so you get a momentum, or you can play it with a stick, a one-end or two-ended stick, mm. swinging it, and and it's the and it's the way of swinging the hand to give you the rhythm, that is the basis for traditional Irish music, the jig, and the reel, the hornpipe, uh, uh, you know, the mazurka. They're all, they all have a particular swinging uh, rhythm in the music which makes Irish music so popular around the world because it's yeah. a really catchy sort of a rhythm, you know. Yeah. And that, that is, uh, it, it may be derived from the way that the, the baron is, and of course bones, hmm. the way baron and a pair of bones are played, that, they, that it is so distinctive uh, in the music, that that may be an indication that barons, that frame drums were around a long time ago, but we have no no proof. Mm. Yeah, okay. and of course, w w what we do, uh, being uh, you know, because we are uh, dependent on recognition by the academic world, we can't afford to be romantic. You know, mm. our work is entirely based on actual archaeology. And uh, you know legends and and uh, pure research as much as possible. Tempting to imagine that things have been around in the same form for a long time, but yeah, things do change all the time. We're talking about thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, we we can do that in composition. I mean, we can we compose our music on the instruments, and we're not saying that the, our music is what they played because we have no idea, but. We are saying that you can compose lots of different things on them and that fires up the imagination. Mm. And, and the more complex you compose now, uh, they were clearly composing far more complex at the time because mm. they had living traditions where families were playing for years and years and hundreds of years and thousands of years. Mm. So they weren't, they weren't just 
you know, messing around. They were playing music every bit as serious and complex as it is today. Let's have a listen to some of these instruments being played together. I should ask you before we finish about the sound library that you're launching. Yeah, well, we're very excited about this. This was Maria's idea when we were in the middle of lockdown, because we live in this uh, box canyon here in Connemara in the west of Ireland. And when we, we went into lockdown, you know, the 13th of March 2020, and we, we, uh, we turned the house into the SS Cocoon. We went sailing and our valley became Ponytail Valley and we sailed through Ponytail Valley for two years in isolation. And while we were here, one of the, we upgraded the, upgraded the website and uh, we got a, an engineer, a Spanish engineer who was living up in Fermanagh at the time, up in, in, in the north, 
he came down for two days and I played uh, 29 instruments over the two days uh, he recorded them uh, and I was pretty sore after it for a week because I did a lot of playing and we did a uh, 150 samples and uh, you know to with the uh, to make a, a, a sound library and that's uh, coming out now very soon so it's got uh, it's what well, uh, now the details the technological end of it I'm not great on but it's it's got uh, uh, we used raw WAV files and 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 it's become a contact instrument you know it means you can put it onto a keyboard and each each sample is stretched for an octave either side of the note and uh, it's for use in in uh, gaming music and film music and composition mm. so that'll be on the market in, in this September coming uh, uh, and uh, and uh, we're very excited about it because it's it's quite new you know there's there isn't really much in that in the sample market to do with ancient instruments and their sounds sure. and the sounds are so distinctive and and in most cases they're so powerful i mean that is one thing about the ancient instruments the sounds that they make are just amazingly powerful and evocative and that's because of the science that was involved in the making of them I mean, there's a whole world of research still to be done here as to how instruments were originally designed and made to be so musically powerful and evocative hum in a human way. It's very exciting opening up that world that we thought lost to us and we can now be there in, in sound. Well, we can get a flavour of it. I mean, there's only so far you can go, but it is a, it is a living window onto a huge important part of our uh, cultural past you know from a musical point of view which and, and the instruments they say very clearly they say it was way richer than uh, you know people give uh, you know give account for it now it was very rich and very complex and every bit as human as it is now mm. the uh, sound library it's called paleosonic yeah, um, and yeah. Um, it's it's going to be on your website, which is at uh, ancientmusicisland.com. Is that right? And there'll also be paleosonic.com. Paleosonic.com. Thank you, Simon, for joining me today. I'm looking forward to checking out the site when it's launched. Let's hear an art exhibition which uses some of these sounds.
We haven't really heard many flutes today. Let's rectify that. This is Lecive Nastroie. It's the overtone flute with agate. That was a reconstruction of an ancient flute by Lecive Nastroie. Here's another maker of ancient flutes, Winnie Clement, playing a Moldavian caval. Winnie Clement playing a reconstruction of a Moldavian caval. You've been listening to Centuries of Sound on Cambridge 105 Radio. If you'd like to find out more about the show and the mixes I'm making for every year of recorded sound, come to centuriesofsound.com. And if you want to get in touch, you can email me at james at centuriesofsound.com. And you can find Simon O'Dwyer's site at ancientmusicireland.com. Let's finish up today with another bit of ancient lyre. This one from the Tartesian civilization in what is now southern Spain, in around 500 BC, played by Yerko Lorca. Thanks for joining me today. Good night. Mm-hmm.